0: hey listeners so this turned out to be another one of those two-parter episodes so the ep- uh, part you're going to listen to now which is released as a free episode will be part one if you want to listen to part two please become a patreon patreon at www.patreon.com slash hope you enjoy this listeners uh, a return to escape from planet a a new episode for you i'm your host chris tonight with liza hey liza hey and returning guest dan chen what's up dan
1: yo good to be here
0: dan was recently on an episode of ours which i uh, really enjoyed in which he and phillips and millie joined teen and shan because you guys came to new york in december to short uh shoot a short documentary which We all hope we'll get to see sometime this year. So listeners, uh, for more of that episode, go listen to that. Uh, But this one, Dan, you actually reached out to me. I think it was a couple of weeks ago or maybe a little bit more. And you were saying how you wanted to just chat about uh, like the state of the movie industry. Uh, You know, as you you know, listeners, if this is your first time ever listening to Escape from Planet, Dan's been on for many times. He's a good friend of ours, but he's a, a very talented and accomplished filmmaker he he recently had a full feature length documentary called Accepted. That's out. I highly recommend it. I went to see it when it came out in theaters last year. Uh, but you reached out to me and texted me about all these things you wanted to talk about, how the movie industry is changing, how the whole like media rep thing that galvanized so much of us, especially you know, minorities in in the la- you know, the 2010s now kind of seems to be dead or or waning at least. And just this whole thing about We have this culture of criticism that's so rampant, but, well, you know, is is anything really good being created? So yeah, Dan, do you want to just uh, take it away? Just just, let let, us just hear your thoughts, why you want to pot about this.
1: Totally. And I think it's because um, I think around the time that you guys started in like 2017, um, that's when I was kind of in a really gung-ho representation. We need it. It's a great thing. And I still, by default, do kind of adhere to that, but I have a lot more caveats and a lot more complicated feelings about it now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, I think about one thing, which is like, you know, the movie industry is going through like crazy changes. I think it's getting harder for movies to be like a super powerful cultural force outside of IPs. And I think about how that happens to coincide with a time where we're like making more diverse and uh, we're thinking more about like media rep content and movies and TV. And for me, I would hate, I would hate the um, the idea that like when things become more diverse or when more people get to tell stories, the stories are actually getting worse in some way. (laughs) I, I would, I would hate for that to be kind of the feeling. And I, myself as a creative person, like want to like make dope shit with whoever I want in it. And I just wanted to talk about, like, yeah, what is the state of movies right now? What is the state of culture around it? Um, and, like, how can you be, uh, A, like, a person with a healthy self-esteem without representation, um, like, I, I don't know, like, doing the work for you? Like, can you do the work yourself?
0: Yeah, I mean, Eliza, you and I, we we often talk about that dreaded word self-esteem and how it ruins so many things. That Let me ask you, and, and you know what? You know, you're in the industry, maybe you got to be, you know, you got to, like, a little nicer you know, than someone like Liza and me, but would you say objectively things are indeed getting worse? Uh, like doesn't just, it doesn't mean like, say, um, people who aren't traditionally uh, you know, like a Steven Spielberg's or a James Cameron types are inherently less talented, but the type of people who are getting these opportunities, do you objectively think uh, they are worse?
1: I'll tell you what, I've, I've heard a lot lately. Um, it's like most of the people I talk with are, are either in the, in the industry or like industry adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll watch something and I, I just can't remember anything off the top of my head right now. But it will really just be like, you know, it wasn't that good, but like it was good that like this minority was in it. Or it was, it was right. a good representation of this kind of person. I'm glad we did that. And I'm just kind of like, I want us to stop. I want that to stop being the milestone marker, like the, the, the bar that we judge it on. I want it just to be fucking good. And mm-hmm. then and then we can also celebrate whatever you know first happens to be there as well. I get really tired of kind of judging it only by this diversity marker that we've hit, and then everyone's like, "Well, it's not good, but you know, like whatever." And I just kind of feel like that's been the mo i've been I've been hearing a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And there's exceptions, like I'm not saying all diverse stuff is bad, but I just it just felt like a crutch after a while, like we're just saying like, "Yeah, it was bad, yeah, but, it's always um, like. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but at least, and we never used to say that. Like when Rain Man came out, no one talked about like representation of like <laughs> autistic people, or right. like when when Forrest Gump came out, no one talked about like representation of the disabled. You know, like Lieutenant Dan or or Forrest yeah. Gump himself, and like when when like The Last Emperor won Best Picture, no one talked about how it was an all Asian cast. No, it was just a really good movie.
1: No. And no one cared when Ang Lee won, you know, best director for Brokeback Mountain. He wasn't an Asian director back then. To right. people, or he, um, he was
0: not gay, you know, himself. Uh, could you ima- like speaking of Forrest Gump? Liza, could you imagine if uh, the controversy of Gary Sinise? Uh, he's, he's not really a paraplegic or, or anything. Can you
2: imagine if they released like, Ger- Forrest Gump today? Period.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
2: like the slutty girl that dies of AIDS, and then like hey, no, they never actually said anything about AIDS. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: mom had to sleep with like the school principal or the oh right head. yeah <laughs> a
0: very graphic well i guess it's not graphic you don't actually see it but you hear it and it's very yeah when i when i was little i i, you know, I that went way over my head but um, what
2: they were doing forrest yeah. gump is like one of my favorite movies of all time i don't care i
0: mean it's entertaining oh, yeah. it's entertaining yeah. uh all right but before we get uh start like getting into the theoretical and all that uh, let's let's talk <laughs> about st- stuff that's kind of going on now that i think helps ground this i mean the the the, the like, Twitter story of the day. I, I know we, we talk about, like, trying not to talk about Twitter, but this is, this is too fun. <laughs> Velma came out over the weekend, and I watched the first episode. I also watched
2: I, episode one.
0: Yeah. Dan, did you watch Velma?
1: I watched the first two episodes. Oh, wow. You did more than <laughs> you me. Went <laughs> you, you went further. You have beyond, a stronger stomach gnome. than we do. <laughs> I was watching it with a friend. We were like, let's, let's see what all the fuss is about, you know? Well, it's mm-hmm.
2: only 27 minutes for each episode, it goes fast
0: yeah it does. and hBO Max was crowing that it was the most watched animated uh like debut of all time, which isn't saying much like how many animated hBO Max shows can you even think of? but I can also see think 75 percent of it' home box
2: office, like it's known for movies
0: right mm-hmm. uh, and and also like seventy five percent of it, I'm sure were hate watches, like you know us like doing us. It. Yeah. yeah, but I think Velma is very interesting and, and it it does seem like this is the the point where even the I mean the critics hate it. And I've, I've been seeing this trend uh, recently where uh, even critics are just like, they're kind of tired of, you know. They're uh, so keep...
2: over it. Yeah. It's
0: like the shield wall is breaking. They're like, okay, we're getting a little tired. Uh, we know they... this sucks. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead, Liza.
2: She-Hulk got the same treatment. Um, Willow was so bad.
0: Oh, no, no. Wait. I do think She-Hulk got some pretty good reviews. I don't know what it's at right now, but I think the uh, Rotten Tomato score is actually pretty good. But I know that Willow got bad. I know, uh, what was that word? Strange Worlds or well, something? what's your
2: definition of not that bad? Because I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes now, and the critics rating is at 55%, which is like... Wait, for She-Hulk? No, for Velma. But the audience oh, no, 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 score no. is at 7%. It's plummeting.
0: Oh, no, no. Velma is universally trashed. Uh, I'm talking about She-Hulk. What does She-Hulk get? 80 yeah, see, that's that's a good score. So, uh, God, but it was I know so
2: bad. What does Willow have?
0: I, I don't think Willow did well. I think Willow is one of those like cracks in the wall.
2: Willow is like, terrible. Some division
0: of the infantry could not maintain. All right, the Willow. Line. Why is there? All right, while Willow we're has at it, an eighty-six percent, eighty-six, yeah, and an oh, okay. average audience score of sixty percent. But, it would make us
2: you that maybe the audience is the problem.
0: But <laughs> dumber. um. That Disney movie, what was it? Strange World? I, I think, think that so, yeah. I think that got a really bad review. Yeah, 72%, not that good. And uh nobody went to see it. And then Witcher Blood Origins also got totally trashed <laughs> in the in the in the critics. So I do think 2022 slash 2023, in contrast to kind of like when we started out of plan A, and it sounds like then when you said you were in the the, the apex of media rep um the courts would have protected all these properties but now i think we're seeing a lot of people are like okay l- let's stop pretending this is even defensible let alone good
2: i think the problem with the whole like media rep movement is that everyone just i think everyone is so over looking at these people in hollywood who make millions of dollars as like professional victims mm-hmm. yeah like mindy kaling for example
0: Mm-hmm.
2: i mean yeah. her jokes I, I don't know the whole, my my impression when i watched episode one is that it felt very like chat gpt ai generated <laughs> right. like if somebody scrolled twitter or tumblr back in the day yeah. you could come up with all of these jokes based on all the memes and all the forum conversations
1: right Dan. what are where were your you and your friends thoughts because you watched two whole episodes I mean, it's extremely meta. I think you're right, Eliza. Like, It feels like someone's tweets about TV shows were put into a TV show. Just to paint the picture for the viewer or the listener, um, it opens like panning around Velma's room and her voiceover says something along the lines of, this is the beginning of a TV show. And most TV shows are about a handsome white guy wrestling with the responsibilities of power or something. And I was just like, out of the last, Ten, eight shows that I personally watch that doesn't fit the description so I'm even like then I'm like okay so you're you're fighting against something that I don't even I'm not even aware of like I'm here I'm here if I'm in, here in good faith I'm watching the brown girl detective show and you have to like attack something else in your opening 15 seconds and I just thought like what if your kid is watching this like do you want her watching this mystery show to, like, care about some other thing that you don't like. Like, why not just, you're here, you're making the show now. Um, let's have some fun here. And instead then in of, the next scene, yeah. you
2: definitely don't want your kids to be watching.
1: Right, exactly. Because right, all the
2: gratuitous nudity in the shower.
1: shower scene, yeah. Right, and so it, it feels both, like, a, a little bit immature, like like it should be for kids, but then it'll throw in nudity and, like, uh, dismemberment. And you're kind of like, ooh, so it's not for kids, even though it feels like it's for kids, kind of. But then it's, I, I don't enjoy it as an adult necessarily because it's a little bit too juvenile and, and ADHD and not quite, I don't know. <laughs> the
2: meta part doesn't really bother me like because the movie Scream did it
1: mm. and it did
2: it really well. This one, it's just like, you know, the opening scene, it just pats the show writers on the back for being so progressive and woke. And then it devolves into the most hateful, mean-spirited jokes <laughs> You know, like she's trying to pull off this kind of Wednesday Adams persona, but it's all like, it is misogyny and it's like body shaming with all the small dick jokes. And then there's like belittlements about emotionally honest characters. Like Fred, I thought was being emotionally honest about his body. And then like race swap Shaggy, who is now called Norville, is -hmm. like revealing his feelings for Velma. And then she just like laughs at him for it. Mm-hmm. so yeah, it's like they turn- what they're saying is like okay so all these things body shaming misogyny belittling people it's okay as long as it's like the dark skin girl that gets to do it
0: right uh Liza, i think you hit the point on the head I, th- I think what a lot of people uh and this is this is my point of view particularly i think five-ish years ago we had, we had good reasonable faith that these people uh had You know, they had good intentions in mind, but as time goes on, you just see how petty and vindictive they are. And uh, Mm. all they really want is to take revenge on on the people who bullied them or more likely they didn't even bully them. They just ignored them in Mm -hmm. high school. And that's what really gets them. And like you said, uh, they will indulge in the exact same bullshit uh, so long as it's uh, towards their enemies so all their cr- and hey if they just presented themselves as we're just petty vindictive people then it'd be like okay well that's you but the way they cloak themselves in oh this is social justice guys this is this is for the kids is, guys you know, presentation it's like no you're you're <laughs> like some overgrown uh teenager who still hasn't gotten over the fact that nobody asked you to prom and it's just it's just <laughs> like come on come on now
1: and as i think about the history of like Race, racial minorities and and minorities getting belittled in in movies and TV. The the weird thing is I feel like when the white people who were making these things were doing it, I don't feel like they were doing it out of a place of hate or vindictiveness. It was just kind of like, here's the cultural jokes. You're kind of the lazy things we rely on. Let's just use that to get a laugh. But what's weird is when I see now the, the progressive side doing like digs at white people or digs at the people they don't like, it does feel like, Ooh, like I, I want to be mean to this person. I want to, I want to fight this person. I'm like, Ooh, like they didn't even care about us when they were making fun of us, but now we care so much about firing back at them. And then the real lament I have is like, and then we haven't told a good story in the process and the viewer at home, either they like your politics and they agree with you, but like, they haven't, they haven't been told a story. You know, and that's really the sad part, I think. Yeah, If I was Indian
2: or an Indian girl, I would be so pissed off at Mindy Kaling for making me feel like even more of a loser. You know? Oh, yeah,
1: there's this
0: whole uh, anti Mindy feeling. Like, she looks like more
2: of a loser than. Yeah. If she's getting revenge on people for making her feel like a loser, I swear to God, she's just doing, she's making it worse.
0: Right. Yeah. And like the whole internet, uh, all over the political spectrum, except for the very uh, insider y, like, Mindy Kaling or, or Kaling adjacent clicks everyone hates this and I'm and there are even some conspiracy theories out there that Kaling is actually uh, a mole for the, for the alt-right or, or the anti-woke right-wingers I'm not buying it, that obviously <laughs> it's total no. bullshit I mean if you yeah, just look at the body bad. of Mindy Kaling's work either she's some exceptional con artist who even back in like the, the 2000s was plotting I'm going to spend the next 20 years of my career so I can make this one show that will ultimately bring down the woke crowd. Like, that, that's ridiculous. But I am suspicious they're not trying to blame her. They're like calling her transphobic because she liked like one J.K. Rowling tweet. They say she's a secret uh, conservative because I don't know why. They say she's like Islamophobic, I think just because she's Hindu or something. They say she's <laughs> racist because her brother pretended to be black when he was applying to medical school. So all this... They're not trying to, it's like a hot potato. They're trying to say, oh, no, no, she's not one of us. I'm like, no, no, no.
1: The thing no, I do she's respect. She's yours. No, she's uh-huh. yours. You got to claim her. And the thing
0: I do respect about Mindy Kaling is she is very childlike in her just absolute dedication to this mindset of this like YA brained, uh, emotionally stunted mindset. That she's taking it to its most extreme but logical conclusion. And I think those on her side can't stand it because she's too embarrassing. But she is yours. You got to claim her. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's uh, that's Velma. I mean we can come back to it. Uh, I mean it's 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 a little too easy to make fun of. That's the that's the thing. Now, uh, I mean we can get to this later when we talk about the col- cultural criticism part. But maybe like five years ago, you know I would have written an article about this and and dunked on it. But now it's just like what's the point? It's just yeah, but we'll talk to it later. Uh, another thing I want to talk about. Liza and I actually want to talk as, as we get closer to Oscar season because it does look like everything everywhere all at once will be if not the top contender then at least like a top two
2: it won best picture at the critics choice awards last night is that mm. a good predictor
0: of the best picture winner
2: sometimes
0: okay sometimes well we definitely know it's up there <laughs> and we i have already seen dan i don't know if you've seen it as well i'm sure you have there's, yep. there's like a campaign where if you don't like everything everywhere all at once uh you're a racist or if you don't I like you're racist. <laughs> you're, you're a misogynist or you're like, you're like a white like feminist who doesn't like women of color, all that bullshit. Uh, I mean, OK, quickly, uh, Dan, what, what are your thoughts on the
1: movie? I dug it. I, um, okay. I, I like that it was a uh, A24 movie that didn't just sit there and try to be admired with how good the cinematography was and how mm-hmm. weird the music was. It, when I watched it in a the theater, like it actually like provoked reactions, you know, like everyone talks about the butt plug moment. Um, like everyone in the theater like laughed and got into it. And I really appreciate that about it. Um, that said, I don't think it's my like favorite, favorite. Like I'm not going to keep revisiting it. Um, I would be curious to watch it again, like five years from now after the current hype has kind of died mm-hmm. down and just judge it on its own merits at that point. Um, Cause it's definitely riding a wave of, of goodwill of like representational goodwill, um, you know, he He kwan's story like his stories like it's definitely writing that narrative as well so i'm just kind of curious to to you know sit back and and come back to it but like as far as do i like it more than like a worst person in the world or a decision to leave like no but those movies are kind of more my my jam you know
0: yeah as i said uh liza and i and maybe somebody else will do an episode so i don't want to give away my feelings too much but uh we can talk about i think what happened at the golden globes which were was it this past weekend or two weekends ago? I don't know. Like, it was um,
2: exactly a week ago. It was last Tuesday. It was weirdly okay. on a Tuesday night.
0: Weird. Wow. Yeah, it was What very a weird. downgrade. Yeah. That okay. Well, you it imagine didn't even
2: a- it didn't even happen last year.
0: Yeah, right. Imagine someone asked you out like on a first date on a Tuesday night. You kind of <laughs> know you're on a low priority list. Like, man, <laughs> Golden Globes. That, what a diss to the Golden Globes. <laughs> anyway, uh so cake uh, K- what's the name Cake K-Hwan Kwan. I just want to call him Short Round. Can I just call him Short Round from now <laughs> so on? You can Cause... call
2: him Short Round. Yeah, Everyone right. knows him as Short Round or Data from Goonies.
0: Oh, right. Oh, I, I didn't realize he played Data. Um, okay. So, Short Round, he made this uh, speech when he won Best Supporting Actor, right? In like a
2: Very heartfelt. Se- very right. genuine. I loved he, his he makes,
0: speech. He makes a very genuine speech. And everyone loved it. And let me show you also gave a speech that everyone really liked. We'll talk about that later. Mm. Uh, I will say I listened to short round speech and I wasn't a fan of it. I have to be honest. Liza, (laughs) feel free to disagree with me. But I was just like, he was just so grateful for the award. And I totally get it. I'm I'm happy for him as this like totally isolated incident. You know, any struggling actor. But he wasn't
2: hiding it. For God's sake, he's grateful. Yeah, that's exactly what what he is. (laughs)
0: No, no, that's it's what an saying. acceptance
2: it's speech. It's like you saying thank you,
0: <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but it's you about know, as heartfelt
2: I, as a thank you, I can think of.
0: Right. Right. Everyone's so up it, there
2: and they're like, "I'm so humbled." It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> he's up there and he's like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like talking about how grateful he is, and it's like, yeah, he should be. Yes, I, right. I know why he is. Right. He right. Disappeared so, uh, for and, thirty years.
0: Right. In, in an isolated case, I totally uh, support him. You know, as, as all anybody, you, you don't even know that have to be an actor. Let's say you peaked at your passion career when you were a child and you were ignored for like the next 40 or 50 years. I don't know how Well, it that's the is.
2: story of like all child actors, isn't it?
0: Right. And then he makes mm. this dream comeback and everything. So I'm happy What's for him. What's the difference
2: between him and what Brendan Fraser's been doing?
0: Well, because uh, uh, Short Round is Asian. That's the difference for me. Because now... This is the Asian movie. And then, and then he's like saying to Spielberg, like, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Spielberg, for giving me a chance. Like, well, where's Steven Spielberg again in the last like 50 years, you know? And so <laughs> it's like, like, and Steven Spielberg, his movie, The Fableman's, Liza, you said it's really good. Uh, it's probably a really good movie, but the thing is nobody really cares that much about it. Steven Spielberg is grasping for relevance right now and who shows up to, uh, you know, you know, say how great he is. It's it's the Asian dude. You know. so well, that's, I guess that's he what could also thank it.
2: Richard Donner for Goonies, but Richard Donner isn't around anymore. Yeah. Oh, he died. I don't know if he died, but he's not like I don't never hear his name anymore unless people talk yeah. about eighties movies.
1: Mm-hmm. So it seems yeah, well, like you well, don't. You, it seems like you don't like the speech because it's like an Asian man being super grateful to a, like a white Hollywood machine. Just like everything, every
0: all at once in general, just seems to be serving this overly feel good uh moment i mean i love tar i mean that's the movie that i would give all the awards <laughs> to if it were up to me i precisely like it because it's like makes everybody uncomfortable mm. and i think that is what's really missing right now and, and that, but
1: anyway dan what are your thoughts on the speech well i like the speech i kind of feel mm-hmm. what eliza's saying which is like he just genuinely feels what he's saying he's not putting on any airs he's not fake humble Mm -hmm. Um, And what really what I liked about it was when he calls out the Daniels and then you cut to the Daniels listening to his speech. And I'm like, I love that because I love instead of someone giving a speech, talking to like, oh, everyone watching or this is a big thing for culture or whatever. He's just saying, like, thank you guys for writing and directing this role for me. And they're like, you know, they're probably like, well, you did a great job. And I just see that between them. And I love seeing that, you know, it's just genuine love and, and creativity between these people who made something I thought that I think it was really interesting and, and different. So, um, Dan, do, do you, know Daniel, Dan, uh, do you,
0: like,
1: uh, you're Daniel too. <laughs> um, do you know <laughs> the Daniels or have you ever met them? In, no, in I'm any... probably like one or two degrees removed. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're, they're like the music video world's a little bit small. And a, a few of my friends are music video directors. So. Um, but I've never met them in person or anything. Oh, I see. Okay. But they seem like really nice, like enthusiastic people, you know? Um, yeah. 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 When I saw the movie, uh, I, I didn't
0: particularly like it, but it was one of those movies, it was one of those movies, especially Asian American movies, where it's like, I'm not mad that it's doing well or that people like it, which is, I think, yeah, is a testament to it. I am, however, getting annoyed how it's going to be this if you don't like, or if it's not just if you don't like, if you don't support Everything everywhere all at once above everything else, and you you know you're this bad thing, and you know it's coming. Yeah, nobody it's already did happening. that to Parasite. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe not. And I saw somebody on Twitter like comparing this to Parasite. Like, no, 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 do not do that. Like, fuck that. <laughs> you know, just like leave leave that alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of Michelle Yeoh's speech? I didn't Hated watch it. that. Uh, I know she her her big thing was she told the the music people to, to, shut, um, up. to she shut up. Shut
2: up because she could beat them up
0: yeah also i heard that the music person like conductor or like playing was actually also asian like an asian woman but i don't know if that's actually true but that's
2: not that it matters (laughs) not that it
0: matters but i thought that was funny anyway um what did she say in the speech exactly besides what i just said
2: she was saying all this stuff about like now like after all these years and like 30 years in hollywood now i'm cool and that's when i started tuning out and just hating her speech
0: but wait she said that in the speech i know she said that in an interview but she actually said that in the speech
2: Something like that. Like oh, okay. I'm finally getting noticed after 30 years in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, it was I mean, like,
2: I- it's irritating to me, and I'm gonna say why. And it's because, you know, for, for people like me, martial arts fans, we have been rooting for her since like the early 80s when she was making movies with like Jackie Chan, Hiroyuki Sanada, and like Cynthia Rothrock in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was cool then, but she didn't think that was cool. Hmm. You didn't, yeah. She didn't think that, like, the following that she got and the fans that she got, like, that's not cool. Hmm. Those movies, like, the, I thought that the fight scenes in those Hong Kong action movies are so much better than any of the fight scenes in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think even the plot is better because I'm so over anything to do with a multiverse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel that. You're kind of like, why do you think the Hollywood validation is so important when... Um, you know, they have been true yeah, fans this whole time. it's like who's looking time. at
2: you, Mindy Kaling? That's who you want. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that's my ultimate I, issue just, with. Oh,
2: I, I don't wait, like I don't like Michelle Yeoh as a dramatic actress. I like her as an action star.
1: Mm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what
2: she really is. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like all the. I'm not saying she's a bad actress. She can't do drama. I think a lot of the action stars can do drama very well. But like you, you never saw like Jean-Claude Van Damme or like Donnie Yen going for like Oscars. They didn't care. Right. They were happy. Exactly. They they, they they knew what they were good at and they knew where their fans were and they knew what really, why people came to see them in movies. It's for fight scenes. Yeah. That's what we want to see. And that's what I think of Michelle Yeoh in a movie. I'm like, well, yeah, I want to see, see her in a fight scene. Like a good fight scene, not some Shang-Chi <laughs> fight scene. Like I want to <laughs> see like... Like a like super cop, you know,,
1: hmm. a true action connoisseur <laughs> oh, Dan, <you're, laughs> so you're I thought s- that s- I oh. thought
2: that her whole thing about just saying, like finally I'm getting noticed, and now, after all these years, I'm cool, and it's probably my one of my least favorite yo movies,
1: mm hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm, gotta check that out sometime, yeah.
0: Uh, Dan, yeah. you were going to say something?
1: Um, well, I just think both of you guys are touching on something where it's like kind of disliking these awards shows because at the end of the day, it kind of feels like you're sucking up to some kind of um, institution, right? I mean, it's the same thing with like Ivy Leagues. It's the same thing with like all this elitist kind of stuff where like why do we need or want approval from these places that are often like designed to keep people like you or people like us out? And then if a person gets elevated or gets in, it's like, oh, my God, thank you so much for picking me. Um, this means so much for the rest of people like me. And it's kind of like, no, fuck, like, this place is fucked, like, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, why do you, why do we give it um, all this all this weight? Um, I always feel like my favorite kind of arts artists and like art movements, it's always like, when you kind of create your own category. You're kind of like, oh, this old shit is kind of played out, but let's make some new shit. Let's make jazz, you know, let's make hip hop. They're they're not going to get it, but like, let's make it for ourselves. And then they'll kind of start following along once you create something really cool. And I guess for me, the representation fight is like, so much of it seems to be like, we're trying to get into a place that, historically has excluded us and then if we're being objective as like viewers or, or like people who watch media like do we even like this or do we just want to be in the the house where they're making it um because as a viewer like do you even like the average movie that's being released right now or do you think there's cooler shit like on, on the internet or like with the artists that you follow uh personally and so that's something that i'm like as someone who makes things i'm like we should just try to make cool shit either inside or outside of the industry and care less about um, just like the institutional value that an award or a school or something that bestows upon you, you know?
0: Yeah. Actually, Dan, I want to ask you about that, about whether in your field and among your peers, there is this kind of uh, fork in the road where it is, yeah, do we do our own thing or do we uh, seek institutional uh, accolades? But before we do, I do i said so many times, hmm. I, I want to ignore Twitter. But this tweet was just so egregiously bad that <laughs> I just have to mention it. This is why our good friend Kimmy Yam over at the esteemed NBC Asian America. This was such a bullshit tweet. She says, big budget Hollywood studios keep trying to cast Asian men with abs up to their neck and features that fit Western beauty standards when we really we want a K. Hui Quan who is short run. Like, that is such fucking bullshit. Like, like, yeah, the issue in Asian America over the last few decades is that uh, we just love our nerdy Asian guys so much, but the Western media keeps trying to convince us we want they, you know, we should uh, revere uh, the, the muscular guys, and and finally we've, is this, just cut, you know, just cut cut the fucking bullshit, please. Like anyway, so th- this is what everything everywhere keeps allowing to happen. So I have <laughs> to watch makes, myself. Like it's, it's
2: like, one <laughs> of those tweets that makes me like it reminds me how much I hate the body positivity movement. It's like everything is that's like. I don't know not celebrated has to be celebrated like you have to celebrate or otherwise you're a horrible person
0: no no it is so just as i said a full-out lie okay first of all it's not as if uh like the short rounds which is kind of like this dweeby asian guy is some it's some not new even character. It's, okay first
2: of all it's not even like this dweeby asian dude man what is he like 12 years old
0: you mean short round?
2: Yes. R- we r- want right. more sh- she saying
0: we want more short what? rounds. We want more 12 year olds. No, uh, she says we want more kick. Ke- we want we want a kick ke- kwe- 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 which i assume uh she means Waymond from everything everywhere. I I don't think she's saying we want more short rounds, but the thing is it's not as if there were a whole bunch of way uh the default representation of asian men has been like uh, a, a uh like a Bruce Lee or a or uh what's his name? Um Simu Liu or or, mm, or Steven Yeun for- or or like John Cho or any of these guys, and then this is like a new uh, revolutionary character. No, the <laughs> default character has been short round and wayman. Literally, like short round came before all these characters. This is you know, this is such bullshit. It's like and the whole point, a whole rift in Asian America, especially among the gender wars, is that the, the Asian girls didn't want the 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 short rounds or or the waymans. They were embarrassed by those guys. And
1: anyway but see this this is this is why this is why i feel like representation over everything is a dead end because we all just start talking like we need quotas of people like this tweet is like well out of all the quotas of casting we're doing we need more of this quota and i'm just like write whatever the fuck you want like if you want to write the wayman character write that if you want to write the ab guy write that like the fact that we're debating on how much of this or that we need i feel like is kind of like we're not talking about storytelling. We're not talking about making the viewer feel something. Um, We're not talking about like using the transformative power of stories. We're just talking about, we need more of this type of person in, in, in whatever kind of movie or TV show. I don't care. We just need more of that person on a screen somewhere. And I feel like that's what's so like boring about caring too much about representation.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is totally random, but have you guys ever seen Phantom Thread? Yes. Of course. Okay. I just watched it uh, a couple of nights ago. And it's like, like imagine someone saying, you know what we really need? We need a movie about a fifties uh, in the fifties about a dressmaker who obsesses over dresses like that. No, like Paul Thomas Andrews just felt for yep. whatever reason, yep. I just had to make this movie yep. about the most obscure <laughs> type of thing. But and the movie's so good.
1: It's I so good.
2: Yeah. I love it. Top right, and five
1: that, movie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> really. So good.
0: And that, that, um, rendition of my foolish heart by oscar peterson like i keep listening to it now i want that to be my wake up morning song now it's just so beautiful <laughs> but anyway imagine what we'd lose um stuff like that when everyone's like okay we need to make this group feel better we need to make this feel group better yeah we need you know with all that we lose those weird uh, idiosyncratic things that yes really uh, creative people say you know what i, I just gotta do this because if i don't i'll go crazy uh, instead we got as you said these quota people who are saying, "Okay, it's th- It's this person's turn. It's this person's turn." Which and the, I think is what. Yeah, yes.
1: I'll go ahead. Well, and I think the problem is, and I'll only speak for myself in this regard, but I feel like it's safe to say it's happening elsewhere. Is when if once you sit down to write something or come up with an idea, you're like, "Well, okay, what if the character's like this?" But no, I don't want to make that kind of commentary on this type of person, and that might rub off on how people feel about this, you know, a black person or an Asian person. I'm just like what the fuck now I'm dancing through so many hoops Mm -hmm. trying to bat off potential Twitter criticism when, yeah, like when PTA is sitting down to write phantom thread, like you get the feeling like he's just telling a really interesting story that came to him and he's exploring just the emotional territory of the story. Like that's, that's what I want to do way more than I want to try to think about what everyone's going to say about this. And I say that for all sides of people, like, you know, I like, like, oh, will Asian masculinity be mad that this guy's not like the paragon of masculinity because now I'm representing an Asian guy badly. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I also don't want to piss off the left people and get them distracted on like whatever that thing they're distracted on because that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to tell the story right here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. I feel like overly con- like concerning yourself with this stuff as a creative person, especially is like, it it is a dead end. Of sorts, because you just end up being a politician instead of a, a creative person.
0: Oh, dear God. Yeah. Kumail Nanjiani, who's kind of a goof, uh, recently made actually a very good point where he said the problem with essentially the, the media rep movement is now it's limited actors like him. You know, he's he Pakistani. You can't
2: play villains anymore.
0: You can't play bad guys. Yeah, like imagine, yeah. imagine like anything bad. It's like, oh, you know, we can't have this role because you know he, he plays let's say like a marvel super villain totally detached from reality but there's a part where he, he orders this building to be blown up we can't be sh- showing a, a brown guy as like a terrorist you know and then he's like no i really love this role I'm like no nah, it's for your own good you know you shouldn't do it and <laughs> now he has for to play your some, own good then he has to play some dumb guy like that guy in, in the eternals you know i don't know what's his name ringo or kingo uh and then he has <laughs> to do that and then he's just like oh fuck this shit you know yeah
2: you made it through the eternals
0: <laughs> no, no, no! I just know that he played that character. Oh God, no! I'm not. I'm never watching that movie. Come on, Liza, have some faith in me.
1: Ringo or Kingo? <laughs>
0: right, yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, Dan, I, I see that you want to say you want Shang Chi to kill people. We'll explain, ca- is what it.
1: Really it's it's say. kind of on that topic actually, and, um, and it's also on the Marvel topic. Okay, so, um. When people talk about like, wanting representation, I feel like oftentimes, yeah, the minorities get lamer roles because they don't want to say anything bad about minorities. Mm-hmm. But like all the interesting characters are the flawed people. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about um, Hawkeye in mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame. Basically, what happens is the whole snap thing happens where they disappear half the people in the world. And so Hawkeye's family gets disappeared, right? Mm -hmm. then you don't see him for 30 minutes and then they have to track him down they're like where's Hawkeye so they go find Hawkeye so they go to Japan and the next time you see Hawkeye he's surrounded by like 30 dead Yakuza and he's killing his last Yakuza and then Scarjo walks up to him and he's like Hawkeye we need you back and he's like I can't go back I'm a broken man now I've killed all these people (laughs) and then she's like he's a
2: serial killer basically right
1: right and she's like but we need you to come back and so it's like him you know being like oh I gotta be a superhero again after you know killing a bunch of people because i felt so tortured and i'm just like man they would never let shang chi do that you know I mean? he's got to be a good guy he's got to be like a nice he- hero i'm like okay this is what i want to see in the next avengers movie i want to see some bad shit happen to shang chi i want him to disappear for 30 minutes i want him to kill 30 boston I- like white guys <laughs> and then i want i want someone to walk up to shang chi be like shang chi you got to come back like i it's bad that you kill people but it's okay like we need you and he'll be like I I don't know. I'm just so tortured to kill these white people, you know. But like, fine, I'll, I'll come back. Like, I'm like that would that would make me feel like we've we've gotten somewhere, really, mm-hmm. um, and not just be like, oh, we're here too, and we're nice, and we're good, like us. I'm just like, you no, know, no. Shang-Chi needs to kill people, and uh, I would I would think that'd be satisfying to me.
2: Do you remember that Chris Rock bit from his stand up several years ago when he said, um, "We have not truly made it as a country until we have like." A shitty black president
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yes exactly
0: (laughs) yes you guys ever seen the uh the bruce lee movie with jason scott lee name it
2: the the, the biopic right yeah
0: the one that came out dragon the the
2: bruce lee story yeah 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 i have that on vhs right
0: right. remember the part where he beats up all those white dudes at the gym yeah and then just take that to the next level where where, yeah where he where he just like cuts their heads off or something (laughs) All right, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, but that's the thing with Asian American media, right? They, they would never do that because that would just disturb too many people. That's for the Asian media to do. For right. Asian America, it's the, it's the weepy shit. That's. A, I mean, because it's like, okay, so I saw this post in the Asian American subreddit, uh, someone linked it uh, to me where it was a guy or, or maybe a woman uh, who was distraught because uh, their father, or maybe grandfather, but I think it was their father, didn't like everything everywhere all at once. And they're like, oh my God, my <laughs> my self-worth as an Asian American has been shattered. And I saw a couple of responses where like, oh, it was too edgy for them. Or it was just, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it, it basically made it seem like they were too stupid and too provincial to under, to like it. And it was just like, no, at the, at the end of the day, everything everywhere all at once is a typical second gen immigrant child story, mother, daughter, uh, you don't understand me, mom, that kind of thing with, with a, you know, with the multiverse and the um, sausage fingers and the raccoon riding uh, someone's head uh, as ornaments. But that's the fundamental core of it. And and these people think just because it's it has, a, you know, it has, has like a dildo or something in it, they think it's some <laughs> wacky or avant-garde thing. Like, fuck that shit. Anyway. Uh, all right. So I think is enough about that movie. Uh, let's move on to what, Dan, I think you raised a really interesting point about you know, kinda of like learning to derive your self-esteem from something other than what you see in the media. Uh you wanna talk more about that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean you just you just teed it up because like why why does your identity as an Asian American person depend on your grandpa liking, you know, this movie with Asians in it? Or um or for that matter, like people at school. Like does your self-esteem uh ride on other kids liking the thing with um, Shang-Chi or an Asian character in it? Like, why why can't you take responsibility for how you feel about your own life and not, because here's the problem, because if you rely on media representation to kind of validate you, um, you're relying on a billion dollar industry with a lot of bullshit that creatives have to wade through and a lot of battles that they have to fight to tell this story or that story. And it's not always going to go the way you want it, And everything that everyone makes will piss someone off if they read it through a purely representational lens. And so I'm like, I don't know, I just feel like it's very important for people to not look at Hollywood and need us to validate your existence. I think it certainly can help sometimes to see something, but I I think it's unhealthy to attach your self worth to it. And I think it's really bad for creatives to overly process this kind of stuff because i think it it makes you create bland work and i want people to create interesting work
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i just it's it's passive like if you're watching a movie and you're like okay i'm an asian guy now i'm watching this movie okay an asian american guy has shown up now he i'm I'm tracking him is he gonna kiss that girl or not if he doesn't (laughs) then oh I think this movie sucks and it's kind of bad because now people think I can't kiss people. It's like, well, it's not the movie's responsibility necessarily. You know what I mean? Like plenty of people go through life without seeing themselves represented one-to-one on screen. And, um, you know, you can be the change you want to see in your own life. You know what I mean? You don't need us to show it necessarily for you to do it. Um, and then I think if you feel really strongly, and here's the thing for all the shit I'm talking right now, I do still feel strongly about it, but I'm, I'm like, I, so I want to make stuff. I want to make interesting stuff. I want to take an active role in that kind of wish rather than a passive role of, well, ghost in the shell, you better cast this Asian person or I'll be mad at you finger wag <laughs> from afar. You know, it's like, what are you, what are you, you going to do? Listen to you. Um, like they got their own jobs and, and worries and and you should worry about your own shit and you should, Create your own shit and then and, and live the life that you want to live um, and not rely on someone else to show it to you, I would say.
0: Yeah, I, I think with media rep and self-esteem, uh, I do think it was legit. Uh, I don't want to say once upon a time. It wasn't that long time ago, but I do think it was real. But it, it, it's to a point where it has a low ceiling. It cannot do too much of the heavy lifting. Right but it could get you kind of to the surface when you're when you're in a pit. But it can't take you any higher than that. It's up to you to actually climb whatever mountain there is. And I think with Asian Americans, let's say like 10 years ago, yeah, there was like a lot of trash out there. That was bad, uh, I get it. But actually the moment I thought that this um, media rep thing, uh, especially for Asian, second gen Asian guys was over, was when Shang-Chi was a success. It's like, okay, What more could you possibly want at this point? Like you got a a Asian guy who's just like basically you in a way, uh, somebody you could totally see being your friend. He's not some exotic import from Hong Kong or Korea. He's like a guy who grew up in Toronto. Uh, (laughs) You know, he's not like physically exceptional in in that many ways. In fact, was probably cast because he was like a regular dude and this movie was a hit and everyone liked him. And now he's like in other movies. He's in that Barbie movie and all that. Okay, if that, what more could you possibly want, you know, at that, after that point? And if you still are, oh, there was a new TV show that came out with, um, with some Asian guy. Uh, it was like a remake of a popular TV show. Quantum from, Leap. Yeah, Quantum Leap. Like, Okay, like, how much can Quantum Leap do for you at this point? Okay, a good thought <laughs> experiment or experiment you can do is when you're out and about and you see someone of a different race and somebody who you probably don't think about all the time. So like, not like white people, maybe not even black people. Let's say somebody like, Like a, uh, you know, like a Middle Eastern woman or something. And this person seems like a pleasant, attractive person. Is your first thought, oh crap, but that movie I saw said that she's this this or that. I better not (laughs) talk to her. Is that the first thing that comes to your mind? Or is it more like, hey, this person, I just want to get to know this person. So yeah, in the absence of any positive cultural portrayal, those can have big influence. But I think at this point, whether it's from Asian Americans or from Asians, there's plenty now. So now that threshold has been met. So it's, I agree with you. It's time to kind of do your own thing. There's like the movie stars can't do any more for you. And to rely on them so much is just um, just like, uh, what, what do you call it? Like shirking your own duty to, to better yourself.
1: Yeah. And, and I think also like when I think about um, self, let's talk about self-esteem some more. Um, I feel like the shit that really helped me um, growing up wasn't necessarily seeing a, an exact Asian person that I could be like, okay, there, I can relate to that person. And if this person does well, then that's a role model for me. I mean, I would just like read books and watch movies of different kinds of people. You know, i would watch City of God and be like, look, I'm not a kid growing up in Rio de Janeiro, but like, I feel for this guy and I'm entranced in this story. And like, my self-esteem, I think, was built, I mean, not just by like living in real life and, and, and making friends and doing things, but also like connecting to characters in stories that were not always one-to-one like me. And I feel like if we think too much about representation of like, oh, I need to see X character in this way, I, you know, we don't need ab guys. We need these. I'm like, look, a good story is a good story. And it will mm-hmm. make you relate to somebody mm-hmm. that that is not like you. And that's the beautiful part about a story. And like, I've been inspired by so many stories that have inspired me to get off my butt and do something it inspired me to go out and meet people and i'm like these stories don't need to have asian people always for that to work its magic you know mm-hmm. yeah um liza well like what, what
0: what do you think people should like especially since you have children like where do you want them to get their self-esteem from if uh not from media
2: it has to come from real life mm-hmm. i mean that's where it starts media is the last place you want to they want you want them to get their self-esteem from
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah no, I, I think the a lot way of people- i see
2: it is that if you have shit self-esteem in real life like I, oh my god depending on hollywood it's just gonna make everything worse no matter what mm-hmm. so yeah. you know that all starts in real life media representation just it's like a supplement you know if you've got kid you if you want your kids to have good self-esteem, it's a supplement to that for them to see like lots of Asian kids on TV and in the movies. And today that's not even an issue for them. You know, like I've said mm-hmm. it on the podcast so many times is like the kids, you know, my kids are uh, 12 and 10 and eight and their whole life. They have seen Asian kids all over uh, the internet, like, you know, like YouTube They've, they grew up watching like ryan's toy review he's like mm. like the biggest youtube phenomenon he even has like his own float and then that macy's thanksgiving day parade what um, he oh has his God. own toy <laughs> collection at like target and then they graduate from that to like all these other things and it's like they're just they're in a really good place where there's plenty to choose from every single thing that they turn on whether it's youtube whether they're looking at like Disney Channel or they're watching movies with me, there's always going to be like tons of Asian people. And then like, you know, they just, uh, they also grew up watching a lot of like Filipino channel and martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the way they see it, and they know those movies are old from like the 70s and 80s. So the way they see it, their, their point of view of the world is just that Asians have always had great rep all this time. They've right. never and been I- lacking. And I think that's
0: the most uh, embarrassing thing about it is that the kids are probably really fine because... Oh, even the kids if, are
2: all right. yeah well, right. They're, they're perfectly fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, even if uh, Avatar or you know some big blockbuster doesn't have any Asian or, or Black or whatever, uh, they can go on Twitch or they can go on YouTube and they can find their... Or TikTok and they yeah. have, that, that's the world they're in. All these like adults... Claiming it's for their kids. No, it's for themselves. It's for their yes. own. For
2: themselves. It's yes. for their
0: own emotionally stunted selves, saying, oh, I really, you.
2: like, I, I question this all the time because I'm just like, well, we're, like, you know, I just wonder what on earth they grew up watching. Because it's like, if you have Asian parents, like, didn't your parents watch stuff from, like, their home countries?
0: Well, they did, but, like, when, okay, let, let's, throw, let's throw it back to Like, that's to Velma. what I don't understand. Um,
2: like, I grew up watching Filipino Channel, I grew up watching martial arts movies and, like, Filipino dramas on VHS. They're all bootlegged and it's like crappy crappy vHs like it's terrible, but I mean, you still saw it growing up, so
0: yeah but but like the white kids didn't like it, therefore it was uncool that's the that's the big thing right I mean, when Mindy Kaling was a little girl, I'm sure Bollywood uh was you know thriving well God uh, maybe she
2: should be she should be thirty years younger, I don't know
0: well that's the thing, and then she that, that's what Velma is' it's like obviously not meant for the kids, they hijack scooby doo. But I mean, no kids. Even if they did make a faithful Scooby-Doo remake, no kids are actually going to watch that. No, no kid actually cares about Scooby-Doo. I mean, I don't care about Scooby-Doo, and I and that was well, it wasn't made when I was a kid, but it didn't I watched hurt Super our Arnold.
2: self-esteem to watch Scooby-Doo.
0: Right, but this is all for themselves, you know. That's why uh, Velma has the the naked girls in in the shower, like like it's out of Carrie or something. It's not meant for little kids. It's meant for themselves, and they claim it's for the kids, but it's really for their, you know, for their own inner child, which should have grown up by now and that's why it's just it's just undignified to watch this in the end right it's just why are these so-called adults making mature uh, cultural works I don't even want to call it entertainment at this point because you know Hmm. the the lofty ideals they attach to it and it's all just about stuff they never got over in high school which is why I think uh, Dan you mentioned something like decision to leave I think that's why a lot of Korean cinema is so appreciated here because at least the ones that get imported i mean there's a lot of immature Mm -hmm. stuff that goes on there but at least the stuff that gets imported is so adult like in decision to leave when do you when was like last time in kind of like a lot of uh american cinema you just see like an adult man and an adult woman pursuing like an adult romance you know that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like it's just uh really just a high school crush thing full of like 30 year olds enacting it you know
1: yeah yeah but they're unencumbered by the. I, I sometimes I feel like media rep is is trying to treat a symptom when the real thing is like no no you're growing up in a you're growing up as a minority in a country that maybe doesn't treat you that well, and the symptom of that is you will then watch some shitty depictions of you on TV and movies, um, and if you think that you can then treat the symptom of oh well then we'll just put the movies. Uh, we'll just put ourselves into the movies and that'll solve it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily, I mean, I think you're right. Like it helps a little bit, but um, at the end of the day, it's like how you were raised, how you grew up, what, what experience you had in real life, you know, Liza, you're saying like, Oh, I had like a great childhood and I felt supported. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what will create a healthy person and they won't need like a TV show to, to represent them to make them feel like a whole person you know they'll understand that yeah some shit's unfair and you and you can work to change that but um you're not a total passive observer here and and, and you shouldn't be a victim especially to something as, you know tertiary to your life as as media you know what i mean it should be a supplement not a not a main course for your the goodness of your life i think
2: mm-hmm. certainly you don't want to take a you don't want to get your self-esteem from the professional victims like Mindy Kalin, you know, <laughs> because,
1: because what helps them, and I it's guess, like, she right? She is so
2: screwed up. It's like, why would you want to take anything that she has to offer?
1: And it's crazy because if you look at her career, it's like you have now four TV shows you've made. Like, that is a dream. That is a dream come true. She could, that is incredible. could have retired
2: after The Office <laughs> and just been all right. That's
1: it's an incredible that's an incredible career, you know, and to feel like, oh, like I'm still very wronged or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an interesting take, I would say.
0: Yeah, I do wonder how much of it is genuine though because um, she's just trying to stay relevant with the times. So she or has she's to trying to the... create
2: like a rage machine to get the views up.
0: Well, that's, that's possible too where she's...
2: Cause I think... Like it's made to insult the audience so that everyone gets pissed off. And then, like, everyone starts hate-watching it because of all the word-of-mouth spreading that everyone hates
0: it. Right. And then, even if the numbers suck, HBO Max has to back you or you'll accuse them of being a racist and misogynistic <laughs> platform. Hard to, hard
1: to make a TV show off, off hate, though. You, at best, you can you can juice a movie's numbers <laughs> through curiosity, but hard, hard to actually make a TV show off hate, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: most people aren't going to go past the second episode now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: all right uh then i, I want to talk about something you also brought up which mm. uh is about we have criticism a lot of it i think a lot of it's pretty good uh i, I watch stuff on youtube that offers commentary on a lot of things uh, but i think you're asking like what should the balance be like do we need like a hundred critics for every one piece of creative work? Like, what's the ideal balance? And it's something I've been thinking about a lot too. These, in fact, these like past few years, because you know, Plan A started off as commentary and criticism, and mm-hmm. I too think we've more or less kind of maxed out all the stuff we can criticize. And that's why I said, like, I have no real desire. I mean, I, I've obviously trashed it on this pod, but <laughs> in terms of, but I, I don't see myself as like. Uh, I don't value my podcasting skills as much as my writing skills. So this is just me, you know, talking with my friends. Whereas with my writing, I want to make something that's lasting and something that will that I can hopefully be proud of when I'm old and and all that. And it's like, do I really want my like my like work to be criticizing Mindy Kaling? That just seems very low. I mean, so what what made you think about this?
1: It, I think about it because in my life, I've found that I've gotten i don't know if good is the right word but I, I find myself like always thinking about works in a critical way being like oh this movie is better than that movie or this movie sucks for these reasons and then i flip to the other side of my life which is making things like directing movies and, and writing them and i'm like that voice up to a certain point stops helping the creative process um you start again like i was saying before you just start thinking about the takes of your thing and the potential criticisms. And I'm like, that doesn't help you sit down and create a world or create characters that feel alive. You know, that, that kind of work for me requires me to turn that brain off and just turn on the uncritical creative brain. Um, And I feel like in a world that like, where like people will make eight hour critiques of a star Wars movie that is only two hours long. I'm just like, how i guess we've created a critical world to help us sort through the just the inundation of content that we're getting these days um but i don't necessarily think it leads to better work after a certain point i think to make good work you just have the like we were talking about phantom thread earlier and like whether you like phantom thread or not it's like a unique piece of work and i don't think he was thinking about critics or tweets or the culture wars when he was making it i think he was just curious about a topic and just started exploring it and that's what i want to emphasize more in my own life and that's what i want to i guess encourage um to people listening if they're ever thinking about doing creative stuff it's like you know you gotta at a certain point turn off all that shit and get down to work and just have fun making your own thing yeah i can already um
0: Hear the criticisms of what you said though saying, oh, you like Paul Thomas Anderson, well, he's a privileged white man, especially with a huge track record of success, Of course he can afford to be weird and idiosyncratic, but I hate those types of statements because it not, it all always devolves down to essentially when you get down to it, only like straight old white men can do cool things. that's what it comes down to that <laughs> all of us have to do uh you know watered down self esteem bullshit because of X, Y, Z uh, obstacles. And, and, you know, it's the whole like, uh, you know, POC uh, uh, deserve to be mediocre too, that kind of mindset. Like, why are you striving for something so low when you should be thinking, no, I should be able to do my own weird little things that don't uh, adhere or, or that sound like petrified of getting like basically the equivalent of like a C plus from the teacher. <laughs> and of course, it's just going to make you Uh, resent and and actually just revere the people you claim to hate like you know the straight old white guys or the establishment white people and which is why all these people always seem so obsessed with white people because it's that's their mode of thinking but uh dan you're not like some old veteran but would you do you think that we do live in a time where it's harder to uh ignore the criticism because it's so instant like the instant something comes out there's already like a, a three-hour <laughs> youtube video <laughs> criticizing everything about it uh whereas you know in times past you wait like a week for i don't know cisco and
1: ebert to give you a thumbs up or down
0: and you got a thumbs up you're good you know uh what do you think
1: uh i just feel like it's easier to critique than to create and so if i think about my own life like I could, I could write you a paper about why X show is good or bad quicker than I could probably write an original story, but I'm like, well, what makes me feel alive and what makes me excited? And I'm like making original stuff. And so for me, it's about kind of choosing to resist the cultural inertia of like, it's just easy to go on Twitter now and your job on Twitter is to have a take on something Um, versus, yeah, like writing a story and immersing someone in a world that will take way more work and it's not as instantly gratifying. Um, but for me, it's important not to get lost in, it's not to get, not to get lost in, in the goal that you have. And, and I feel like a lot of people maybe feel like they want to do something, bigger or better take a risk and yeah you're not you're not a rich white guy but you can still take the risk that's what a risk is there's no guarantee of success but um don't don't assume you always have to be the victim either you know what i mean <laughs> like you if you care enough about it you can take a risk you can go for what you want and it doesn't have to be an artistic thing it can be like yeah it's, let's say go let's go back to the dating thing like if you don't think media is representing you well like you can still go out there put yourself out there um And you can spend your time complaining about how it's unfair and you might be right, but would you rather be right? Would you rather have a good time and and (laughs) live your life? You know, Um, I think about that sometimes.